Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. You're listening to On the Record with Tiffany, and I have my special guest here, Deborah Amawali with SACAM. Hi, everyone. And I have my darling... Angie Lewis with Bank of San Antonio. Hey there. <laughs> so, ladies, we had a big day today, Deborah. We did. We did. Can you tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about what happened today with Invisible Diamond, the unveiling of Invisible Diamond? <laughs> so, ladies, don't get excited. It's not a ring. <laughs> I wish it were. I could use a black diamond. <laughs> but we are so excited at uh, SACAM, which is the San Antonio African American Community Archive and Museum, to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the National Negro Baseball League. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is the San Antonio Black Aces, the 1919 and 1920 team, won the pennant. So that was a little more than 100 years ago. Wow. Today at, yes, that's pretty exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know that little bit of history. And so today at the San Antonio International Airport in Terminal A, we unveiled a four-panel display that talks about the Negro Baseball League, the Texas influence, and then if you keep reading, the San Antonio influence how uh, Rube Foster, Andrew Rube Foster, the founder of the league, was right here from Texas. A lot of people don't know that. That's mm-hmm. super cool. And it's just grown. We have a number of stars that are from San Antonio that yeah. played in the league. So yeah. super excited. Rube Foster was one of the most uh, important uh, black men in his time. Mm-hmm. Like he was known all over the United States. And we would have never known who he was in our time uh, Mm -hmm. were it not for you creating uh, Invisible Diamond. Well, and I... I You and Greg. I was going to say, but Tiffany, the Texas Kidney Foundation, because of your relationship with the San Antonio Missions baseball team, brought us Mm -hmm. to the table. So it was really your vision, your zeal to put people together here in San Antonio. We're so grateful for that. So it's actually, you're welcome. It's actually a joint uh, effort with the University of Texas, San Antonio, Institute of Texan Cultures. They did the research. Mm -hmm. We proudly have a student intern from Texas A&M San Antonio, Mm -hmm. uh, Edwin Ocasio-Lopez. He Mm -hmm. did some of the research along with the Institute. And then we have the San Antonio Missions. And we have the Texas Kidney Foundation. And I, I got to tell them, got to tell them. I wish I could show it, but we replicated the San Antonio Black Aces jersey. Oh, that's yes. the pennant, The pennant winning San Antonio Black Aces jersey. And so that is going to be a fundraiser yes. that we will be uh, rolling out hopefully by Friday. Yes. That's exciting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're super excited. And it's so interesting because. I have been to the museum in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I have a Kansas City Monarchs jersey. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of jackets with all the teams on there that we know about. Mm-hmm. Right. There weren't any Texas teams on my jacket, or there mm-hmm. aren't any. And I am so excited to get a jersey so exactly. I can wear it. It's because like San Antonio had a team that yeah. won the pennant. Exactly. And we have so, you know, San Antonio has been such, a, the San Antonio African-American community has been such an influence mm. in the history of uh, African-Americans in the United States, mm-hmm. in the educational history, mm-hmm. uh, in sports history. Mm-hmm. So to see us oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> now... And to see where we are today, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pretty exciting. You know, I'm looking at like how timely uh, this is to call the even the name Invisible Diamond. That was uh, Greg's 
mm-hmm. name, uh, Greg, with um, ITC. Uh, with ITC. Invisible Diamond, that is truly what many of the people are that are working behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, many people have worked behind the scenes in the civil rights struggle and in baseball uh, and in science, which is where I was coming from with mm-hmm. with uh, Texas Kidney Foundation, mm-hmm. as I was thinking about our scientists because uh, they had, this year we have, we brought back the Kidney Task Force, and five of our board members are on it. Uh, awesome. And we have eight people from San Antonio on that task force, which is uh, including the chair, uh, Dr. Francisco Sigueroa. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and I th- when I think about Dr. Sigueroa, Dr. Sharma, mm-hmm. the um, some of the doctors that are on it, Dr. Brockway. Dr. Brockway always comes to mind to me when I think about Invisible Diamond, that somebody is there just working, toiling away for the people that they care about Mm -hmm. in the community, but nobody ever sees Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever realizes who he is or who this person is. So that was where where, uh, my heart was with it. When, when we started this. Oh, well, that's awesome. And can I just share one more tidbit? Please? Sure. So SACAM is located in the original Sutton homestead. Wow. And if you don't know anything about the Suttons, um, Percy Sutton was the attorney for Malcolm X. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Yes. Percy Sutton. Percy Sutton, who founded the Inner City Broadcasting Company. Mm-hmm. He owned uh, the Apollo Theater, and he was Malcolm I X's. I didn't know that. <laughs> it was Malcolm X's personal attorney. Also, their sister, Lillian Sutton, it was a very uh, popular and well-known educator here in San Antonio. Wow. G.J. Sutton was the first Texas black legislator after the Reconstruction. All of them live there, and I think Oliver Sutton's godfather, speaking of scientists, is George Washington Carver. Hmm. And he used to come and visit the Suttons often. Talk about San Antonio history. (laughs) Once again, learning something amazing about our city. Mm-hmm. And, and what we've what we've given to the the nation exactly Man. isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And you can find out more about that. Okay, shameless plug yeah. <laughs> on, on our website. Yeah. <laughs> we have there's nothing shameless about it. Just plug it Go away. Right ahead. Plug it away. We have seven <laughs> visual exhibits, and one of them uh, is entitled "It All Started Here with the mm-hmm. Sevens." But they're all available on our on our website, SACAM, S-A-A-A-C-A-M dot org. Thank you, ma'am. For yeah. I'm I'm happy for that <laughs> plug. Uh, I just you know, I'm I'm thrilled to have the two of you here because I want to talk to you a little bit about what you think about the economy opening back up and us having the unveiling today. I'm gonna let Angela. I've talked I, a lot, and I'll chime in. I, I you know, that. I was I was concerned when we had the unveiling when, and I started talking to the airport uh, guy, mm-hmm. um, the PR person for the airport, yeah, Matthew. Mm-hmm. He said that, uh, you know, they had a lot of open spaces mm-hmm. uh, because normally they would have mm-hmm. advertisements mm-hmm. there, and and they just did not mm-hmm. because. Because of where what COVID nineteen has done to us economically, mm-hmm. yeah, I think a lot of people are being really cautious right now because mm-hmm. no one really knows what's going to happen in the fall. Yeah, which is right around the corner. And we so, don't see those numbers going down yet. Yeah, well, they, we we have not up. plateaued yeah. or gone down in those COVID yeah. numbers, which is is uh, where my concern lies. Definitely with uh, as I work with Texas Kidney Foundation, yeah. I'm concerned with that. And, and I know our you know, doctors I think there are. are some people who have, um, just business owners in general, who have been really brave about reopening, but they've been very cautious as yes. well. They're following protocols. They're doing all the things that they need to do to, to reopen as best as they possibly can. I'm proud of our businesses yeah. because they're, yeah. they are trying to take mm-hmm. every precaution. Yeah. And it, and you have to remember, you know, the big part of San Antonio is made up of small business owners, right? Yes. So this is mm-hmm. their livelihood. This is how mm-hmm. they feed their families. Yes. And so 
it's important that they open up. You yes. know, it's that they do it right, right? But that they mm-hmm. open up. They have to open. And I think, too, what a lot of people don't realize with small businesses, small businesses are the largest employers. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah. They are Especially in here. this nation mm-hmm. yes. and in this city. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we need those small businesses. And mm-hmm. we're thankful to, to, uh, our city leaders mm-hmm. for their wonderful uh, leadership in terms of of how we would open back yes. up, yeah, uh, phasing this properly mm-hmm. so that it's safe for for the patrons and for the people that work there. You know, we we have to say thank you to them mm-hmm. for that uh, because if were it not for uh, Mayor Nuremberg and Nelson Wolf. Uh, you know, Tommy Calvert, we've got some amazing leaders in this community. And they all came together and they all sat down and decided what we needed to do. I think the rest of the world could take a hint from our leadership. And you're looking at On the Record with Tiffany. One in three San Antonians is at risk for kidney disease. Do you know what your kidney health is? Well, South Texas Renal Care Group has come up with a wonderful program called Don't Kid With Your Kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. Go to their website, www.mykidneys.com to check out a free screening near you. Don't kid with your kidneys because kidney disease isn't kidding with you. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. Again, I'm here with my special guest, Deborah Amawali with SACAM, and Angie Lewis with Bank of San Antonio. And so we're going to, ladies, I want to get into what you think about us opening back up. There's been a lot of controversy Mm -hmm. around the the opening, but economically, we need that. Mm -hmm. We need to open back up. Yeah. I mean, I think small businesses just in San Antonio are anxious. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking about this earlier that the majority of San Antonio is made up of small business owners. And so that's how they feed their families. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how they, you know, uh, pay pay their bills. It's right? how half of it's how people and it's it, impacting everybody mm-hmm. because uh, that small business owner may be renting a house or renting mm-hmm. an apartment. Yeah, it's a you know, the people that work for them may be renting apartments. So industries across mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. city are mm-hmm. going to be affected mm-hmm. when businesses can or cannot open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing that we're actually uh, phasing in bringing business back. And I think the really cool part of all of it, and I don't know if you guys have experienced it, I'm sure you have, but uh, the business owners are supporting each other. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like, they are. You know, San Antonio is such a big, small city that Mm -hmm. we really have done a fabulous job of supporting each other um, within businesses. Um, Encouragement, uh, going out to eat at certain places and, you know, restaurants. I mean, I know as a a bank, one of the things that we did to support our clients was uh, we were considered essential. And so we would Mm -hmm. go out, we would purchase lunch from our restaurant owners who were Mm -hmm. struggling to Mm -hmm. just help with that part of it. So we bring in lunch every day for our employees oh, to uh, to help, you know, the, the That's wonderful. That so, awesome. you know, just doing little things like that makes such a big difference. Mm-hmm. And supporting supporting the little and the big guys too, but the little guys, you know, that's yeah. just and they, that, they being intentional. Oh yeah. I I, I kind of did that too, like with my own just my own personal mm-hmm. uh uh actions. You know, my husband and I do the same thing. We we go to certain businesses mm-hmm. and support small businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, going to uh, um, little stores that we know are not going to mm-hmm. see a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. traffic right now. Instead of instead of only going to the big chains, mm-hmm. we go to those too. Yeah. But but uh, we try to concentrate our dollars in small businesses mm-hmm. so that we can we can continue to have our our uh the little businesses that we love yeah uh, and keep them going right absolutely yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so i i have a, an interesting take on it that i am in the uh what do you call it high risk yeah so it's um challenging for me mm-hmm. to 
see the city. It's like I have competing interests, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is the first day that I've been out of my house almost all day mm -hmm. since March the 17th. Are you serious? I am very Thank serious. Thank you for spending that time <laughs> with us. I, Thank um, you for coming here. I've gone to drive-in church because we have mm -hmm. drive-in communion once mm -hmm. a month. I get allergy shots, but I drive in for those. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is the businesses that we typically support, mm -hmm. I've given them donations and I've encouraged people to do the same mm -hmm. and just tell them, hey, I love you. You know, I'll be here for you. Um, let me know how I can help, mm -hmm. maybe in kind by doing some Facebook posts or something what like that. What businesses do you typically support? What What is it? Can I say? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Please do. Please so, do because the, that's, yeah. you know, the, what what we're about at On the Record with Tiffany is the small business, is our oh. community, the people that, that uh, live and work and thrive in this community and any ways that we can help mm -hmm. them that's what we want to do Absolutely. oh awesome so uh, so where i get my hair styled which i did go in a mask that was an interest that was very interesting <laughs> <laughs> but uh my hairstylist design at designer glitz and glam i sent her some money mm -hmm. while people weren't working I go mm -hmm. to Austin to get my locks tightened. I sent her some money. I said, mm -hmm. I, you know, she said, well, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm working for my home, which a lot of people did. I get it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I love you, but I'm not coming to get my hair done. It'll <laughs> mm -hmm. just be what it is. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll send you some money. She was at Asbury's A Salon. My, mm -hmm. um, where else? Oh, my. Tony G's. I've been. Mm. So Tony G's, they had uh, Mother's Day, but the Spurs sponsored mm -hmm. that so mm -hmm. people could come in and eat for free. My wow. husband likes uh, Mrs. Kitchens. Oh, yeah. No, mm -hmm. not Miss. He, he does like Mrs. Kitchens, but Mr. and Mrs. G's. Mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. G's. Yes, was close to I've his. I've never been to Mrs. Yeah. Oh, I will be coming to Mr. and Mrs. It G's. Is the best. It yes. is the best. It's, it's delicious. It's good. Mm -hmm. And so what he did was he sent Papa G some money. Mm -hmm. Did you know? My wife isn't going to let me come out the house to get your cooking. <laughs> but yeah. give it to somebody else right. and let yeah. me send we, you we, some. We want to support yeah. you. And yeah, so I, I, I feel a little funny because I don't, I don't want to say all the people that we've supported. But what I do want to say that there are opportunities. Mm -hmm. We have uh, friends that are uh, artists. And mm -hmm. we provided groceries. We just said, hey, you know, we went to Costco, bought some extra. We didn't ask if they wanted. We just said. What can we do to help the artists? Because we know that, that the arts community is, is the, the arts community really thrives from, from selling their artwork, mm -hmm. from selling their, their medium. So how there's, do they then. There's a couple of things. Luminaria has a, they started an arts grant. And they have a... Oh, I didn't know that. An know arts that. grant. Mm-hmm. And they... Because they know the the artists. Now, we're not... Luminaria deals with the little artists. Mm -hmm, mm hmm You know, not... Not somebody mm -hmm. that's that's well-known. Right. But, <laughs> but a budding artist. Yes. So they have a grant. And also the San Antonio Arts Commission, they have funding to help artists. And then there is the San Antonio... Black Artists Association. I'm not sure if I'm saying it all correctly, but that's another way that you can get in touch with artists and through the Carver Community Cultural Center. Mm -hmm. So from, from a reopening standpoint, I'm a little nervous, mm -hmm. I, I have to admit, yeah, but I do know that we have to reopen. Mm -hmm. yeah. From a museum standpoint, we're not opening our physical doors at least until September, mm -hmm. but we're bringing on digital exhibits every month. So every month we'll have different ones um, so that we can, can check out online. online people can check mm -hmm. out online and we're asking people to tell their story mm -hmm. because their COVID-19 story is history yeah what it feels like to be black in America is history yeah what it feels like to be in this time so I think back on the Vietnam protests I'm really mm -hmm. <laughs> saying how old I am but you know <laughs> how, <laughs> how that impacted me as, right. you know, yeah. growing, watching mm -hmm. everyone protest. So those stories need to be told. So you can tell your story also through our web portal. You can mm -hmm. upload it and sound and um, videos and all of that. So we're still encouraging people to do that. We've got to work on our marketing a little bit more. 
but we need to be reopened, but I am a little nervous. But you are reopening by doing, by going online and, yeah. and providing digital uh, exhibits. You, that is providing a service to society. That That's kind of what Texas Kidney Foundation mm-hmm. is doing. We, we do free screenings to find those underlying conditions, and we have our own campaign specifically to find underlying conditions because that is what has everybody trapped in their homes right now. We may not have the, the, the United States may not have enough uh, COVID-19 screenings, test kits, but we certainly have the capacity to test for diabetes, mm-hmm. for hypertension, for chronic kidney disease. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all about doing. When we do our test, it, it tests for chronic kidney disease, it t- tests for diabetes, and uh, now more than ever, it's important to identify the the one in seven that we know are walking around San Antonio with some form of kidney disease and don't know that they have it. They have some stage and don't know that, that they have it. That's 243,000 San Antonians, and it's worth... Uh, me getting on this mic and talking about it, and it's worth us going out and testing mm-hmm. for it, you know. So, so uh, what we do is promote it mm-hmm. through our website, and uh, then we do telemedicine. We've gotten this whole system set now that we can do it through telemedicine and have the person then go to a diagnostic clinic and have the blood draw and have the albumin uh, checked so we can, which is the urine mm-hmm. and the urinalysis, mm-hmm. so that we, uh, so that that uh, they will know for free whether or not they have some form of chronic kidney disease. And the best way to protect yourself against a predator like COVID nineteen mm-hmm. is to know what your health status mm-hmm. is. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. so doing doing things over the the uh, internet. It's a good thing. We're mm-hmm. we're doing yeah. it. You're doing it. People can't go out, and many people don't want to go out mm-hmm. because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. This, you know, some of what we're doing can help them with the the mental part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, looking yeah. at at what she's doing with with uh, with displays and exhibits. Mm-hmm. That's a relaxing thing. <laughs> you know, well, it's one of the few so. things that can like. <laughs> take you away when you're looking at an exhibit <laughs> and something that's new you're and different. And I think as a as a, an economy as a whole and, an, and a nation, mm-hmm. right, we have really um, I think what we've shown through COVID-19, you were talking earlier about it just being like a milestone for, mm-hmm. for us, but what we've shown through throughout this is that we're resilient, right? Yeah, exactly. We have been able to adjust mm-hmm. We and are we, a resilient I, nation. I think we adjusted pretty quickly considering the information that we had and that adjustment is manifesting itself in ways like technology and Absolutely. how thankful we are that we have technology right now because yes. in the, you know had this happened <laughs> years ago we wouldn't have been able to send people home and work mm-hmm. from home i mean mm-hmm. i think even employers right now are realizing that we can we don't have to have the overhead that that we've had yeah. we can have our people work from home uh, we'll pay them a little bit more you know in terms of stipend for the electricity and the internet that they're using, right? But in general, we don't have to have the overhead expense. And I see, I think that's where you see some of the things you talked about earlier, where you see a lot of empty buildings because people aren't, because they don't know what's next, yeah. um, because people are still scared a little bit about what's going on, especially with the uptick that we've had recently. Um, the, the comfort for some employers is to know we can still get our job, our work done, but people will work from home to do it. And that gives individuals the comfort to know I still have a job, yes. mm-hmm. right? It, it, I may not be working in the office, but I still have a job. Um, and then, you know, that brings in a whole new conversation about technology and who has access to technology and who yes. doesn't have access to technology. The whole school mm-hmm. system is changing, you know? Exactly. I, I mean, it's, it's literally... Everything has changed yeah. in a in a three month yeah. yeah, really in a nanosecond when you think about yeah. history. You're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID nineteen 
has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And you're listening to On the Record with Tiffany. So, Deborah. Go well, on and ask your questions, girl. I had a, I had a question for Andy, <laughs> since, we're, since we're talking about technology. And one of the things that I was trying to do uh, yesterday mm-hmm. was open a bank account online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did that go? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go very well. Yeah. So talk to me. Kent. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can talk to you about our process. Okay. Their <laughs> process fine. is awesome. It's, it's, okay. It's, you know, but, mm-hmm. but we're also regulated a little bit different. So, because okay. um, we're, you know, smaller community bank. Um, but, you know, our online process doesn't, it doesn't happen online. We basically have to be in touch. There are certain regulatory requirements. Yeah. I mean, we've had to have Zoom calls with people. We have to um, get copies of They give of you a much license. more personal t- touch. I can tell you what their process is mm-hmm. because. My crew is a wonderful team at Texas Kidney Foundation. We are not technological at (laughs) all. So whenever you have something with passwords and forms that have to be uploaded, you have all of a sudden hit a wall (laughs) at the Kidney Foundation. (laughs) So, (laughs) Which is totally fine. (laughs) So when we call them... They walk us right on through everything and, and help us, like, traverse the wall and oh, move okay. on. Well, it, yeah, it's very that, simple. That um, that was your experience, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a yeah, great it's experience. very good for it, with The us. reality is, yeah. is that we've lost that t- personal touch in, in banking. I mean, you're dealing with... Other you know, places uh, have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're mm-hmm. dealing with... Um, I mean, online technology, it has changed the way we do business significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially now, I know that whenever we opened the bank... Um, you know, our, our leadership team said, we, yeah, we're a small bank, but we don't want to operate like a small bank. We want to mm-hmm. operate like a big bank. So we still have to have the same um, technology that is available to our clients through big bank here at our bank. And so we've invested a lot of money into our technology, um, but it doesn't take the place and it will never take the place of personal relationships, yeah. right? Because um, now more than ever, when people needed help, mm-hmm. they had a cell phone number to call and ask and inquire with, right? That's awesome. And so it changes the experience. But you have to remember that also through this, we have rules and requirements that we have to follow because we have to identify who you are. It's called called KYC, know your customer, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to know who you are and I have to trust that you're not some fraudulent person trying to open up a bank account with me. Mm -hmm. And so there are some you know, back end things that we've got to questions that we've got to make sure we're asking that we know who you are. We know what kind of business you're doing. Um, but those are just the matter, you know, it's a matter of picking up the phone and, and having that conversation with you. We don't, we're not going to ask you questions online. Um, that's just not, how we, it's just <laughs> yeah. not the way that we do business. Mm-hmm. We, we wouldn't have done business like that before and we're not going to definitely do business like that now. And so a lot of what we've done is through zoom calls. It's, um, you know, having phone conversations, WebEx meetings. I mean, anything we can do to identify who our clients are we're trying to we're trying to do that and encouraging people to use technology and thankfully the technology that is in place has enabled uh, your typical business owner to really not skip a beat unless they're just mm-hmm. a really cash intense company and then most banks have drive-throughs right and mm-hmm. so you know the drive-throughs mm-hmm. were able to stay open because we're essential maybe inconvenient for you right mm-hmm. now but mm-hmm. it's safe mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you know, dealing with all that cash I don't know how safe that is but but yeah. in general you know it's changed the way we do business and we've been able to say we can still operate like this we can still do lending um mm-hmm. 
the way we used to do it. We don't we don't need you sitting in our it, office. It feels more like uh, like when when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like twenty years ago <laughs> in, when, in when terms you, of you knew the uh, being able to yeah. know the people that you're talking mm-hmm. to. Yeah. You know. Well, how have you? Um, how are you supporting small businesses through COVID nineteen? Or maybe you all mm-hmm. talked about that on another show. No, yeah, I mean we've we've talked about it a little bit. I mean yeah. our our direction right now, we really shifted quickly as quickly as we possibly could to PPP. I mean that that's really been our directive. Yeah. I mean our our clients are you know first and foremost, and then those who want to become clients were kind of in line. And I mean mm-hmm. Tiffany, you were mm-hmm. you guys were yeah. you a part of that. And that's um, what happened. With and us. really trying mm-hmm. not to s- separate the two. Uh, I, I don't think that any of our customers who came on that were new customers really felt like they weren't clients of the bank. I think that as we brought them on, they, they felt like they were cared for just as much as our clients did. Yeah. That was, that was the goal behind it. But we've continued to do, um, I think some of the, the, uh, new business startups, you know, mm-hmm. we, we've, we've kind of, we've said not yet. Okay. Um, because we just don't know, you know, th- things are so different than they were in 2008 where there, there were a lot of unknowns, but, more unknowns now than there were back then, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. we we just want to do the Very right. Very different now. It, yeah. it is, and and some people are taking this opportunity to open up new businesses, and mm-hmm. um, you know, f- depending on the industry type, mm-hmm. it might make complete sense. But you know, we we tell people you should be talking to your your banker right now if you're wanting to start a new business. I have a. a um, friend of mine who she started before she had bought a franchise and had started right before and she was about to sign her lease right and so here we are three months into COVID and thank goodness the franchise um, has worked with her and has been really patient and she's been patient and um, and she understands it's all about timing um, but she's just one of how many people you know who have um, use maybe retirement money to, to start something and then oh it was my. just it's just been bad timing and so how do you work with those business owners to to um, to just get them to a, a good place financially because yeah. especially when the entire economy yeah. is yeah. in so that you know when I look at what Bank of San Antonio is trying to undertake to keep uh, mm-hmm. keep businesses going in in our area I'm like kudos to you because uh, y'all are thinking through processes that mm-hmm. that some of the, some other institutions are yeah. just going to kind of automate. Well, I think the idea is is that, you know, your clients, at least from my perspective, your clients, they really become fam- almost family-like, mm-hmm. right? Well, you said this earlier, right? You just get to, get to know people. You right. know not only who they are, what kind of person they are, how they've run their business over the, you know, past mm-hmm. 20 years, but um, you, and, and that their business is their family, right? But, but we've gotten to a point where um, our conversations are around how can we help you during this period? So there's a lot of conversations. How can we help you during this period? How can we support you? Uh, but how can we prepare you? Mm-hmm. Because um, we don't know it's going to happen mm-hmm. in, in the fall time. And so what are some things you should be doing to, to prepare yourself for that? And there's been lots of talk around, you know, cash is, cash is really important to have on hand right yeah. now. Um, people are, are trying to pay off debt that mm-hmm. can pay off debt. Um, just so they they don't have that uh, heavy burden on them and just mm-hmm. to sleep at night, right? And then I think people who have had debt are like, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> maybe I need to downsize. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have mm-hmm. a lot of people who are doing that right now. They're downsizing. You know, with my husband and me, uh, when we first adopted uh, the girls, uh, we had this. This is a personal story, but we had the. Um, one of the girls, one of her, uh, her biological dad was hanging out at the park right next to our house. And my husband and I were like, you know, he was working here in San Antonio and going back and forth. And we were living uh, the life, I guess. <laughs> you know, the pretty house mm-hmm. and in a historic neighborhood and all this stuff or whatever. And so we looked around and we're just kind of like, you know, if we don't have anything, Mm -hmm. as long as we have the four of us, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And so we started selling and giving away Mm -hmm. all of that material stuff that we had in the house. We literally gave away everything that did not have 
real when we had to think about did, did it have real meaning mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now we had a library in that house that was the hardest part <laughs> was the books mm -hmm. because each person could only have 250 books and that sounds like a lot of books but it is not mm -hmm. if you have mm -hmm. if you have 7000 books mm -hmm. <laughs> Wow. That's, <laughs> That's some yeah. books, man. So we were like, uh, that took that took it took months. It took like four or five months mm -hmm. to wow. the, where I took all of just my books mm -hmm. and put them in one room. Then we clear it out, and then I would like move a few to the side and go. These can go. You know, I was just like, <laughs> it's a mental like process. So, so dramatic. Yeah, it was the whole thing was so dramatic because they were mm -hmm. my. Mm -hmm. I really loved the books, but I learned that I don't need as much stuff as I thought I needed. Mm -hmm. I don't need. Uh, all of the material items, mm -hmm. they don't define me. Mm -mm. I define me. You, my character defines me, mm -hmm. not stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a very, very good time for us. It was a, you know, we moved here. Mm -hmm. We moved into an 800-square-foot apartment. Wow. And learned how to live with less. Mm -hmm. Four people, in plus my sister, who was in school at the time, and would come back and forth, mm -hmm. my house is home, because mm -hmm. she spent her last two years of high school living with my husband and me. And, uh, yeah, we learned you don't need things. You, mm -hmm. you do need each other. Mm -hmm. you, you need your family. You need the people that you mm -hmm. love and care for. Oh, yeah. I think this pandemic has taught us Absolutely. reminded us reminded us of that mm -hmm. I, yeah i um two things that you said struck me and that is how many people in san antonio live like that because they have to mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. are a lot of families that are confined to very small homes mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it's more than four people living in yeah. four yeah. five people living yeah. in those yeah. homes. multiple families so that yeah. certainly is is a challenge and I reflected back to when I moved from, I think it's when I moved from Oakland here, maybe from, yeah, it was when I moved from Oakland here, I gave away 80 pairs of shoes. Whoa. That, for a shoe, for a shoe <laughs> fanatic? Oh, people? That is an important thing. Uh, yeah, we'll oh, wait, wait, we got to hear the rest of this. You listen to On the Record with Tiffany. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister, is your brother, is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. And we're back with on the record with Tiffany. So, so Deborah, you would never you you gave away your shoes, but what? Tell us what you would never give away. Oh, but I, I would not give away my books. I just oh, wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't part with them. But Deborah, do you know how? So you know how hard it was for me to give up books. I can't imagine. It. I, I even had like three hundred cookbooks that were my favorite because I love to cook. Yeah. See, no. 
it's, it's <laughs> trying to narrow those down. Like, I, really, I wanted to fight Kevin on certain days. Because he was nice. talking that's about you, giving up my That's book. when you scan them in, and then yeah. and then you you know you start filing them e file. And you know, say Cam, we can help you do. Yeah, that. there you go. Especially if those recipes. Don't do that. If those recipes are related to your family. Family, or yeah. Like that, yeah. Oh my we, gosh. We can help you do that, but but you know the the point I was going to make with that. Um, is that I realized as I was going through my shoes and how much money I had spent. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, the woman with the most shoes doesn't win. No. The woman with the most shoes actually loses. Exactly. I don't want to be Imelda Marcos. There I go. Mm -hmm. I'm dating Mm -hmm. myself again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I know who you're talking about, so I'm dating myself too. (laughs) I didn't want to be be her. And there is so much more that is important. Exactly. So it's, exactly. I have found it now extremely easy to downscale. Right. I don't, I yeah. don't need this. Yeah. You don't you need, can't the, take you don't need you anyway. expensive handbag. Oh, yeah. You can go and get your little Ross Dress for Less handbag. Hey, Ross, I love mm. your store. <laughs> so, and, you know, and, you know uh, my mother and a friend of mine, I just saw it, her, so her, our moms are friends. You do not carry a purse where you cannot carry the amount of money that you paid for the purse in your, you. in your wallet. Hmm. If you don't have it, <laughs> you, you shouldn't be rolling around with Twism. a $5,000 purse and 10 cents in the, in the wallet. That's, that's the craziest thing I can But people do it all the time. People do it all the time. I was with somebody... Uh, you know, a, a while ago, who was wearing a thousand dollar dress? Oh, she's yeah. wearing a thousand dollar dress, and I, I commented on it and said, "This is wow! This is beautiful! Mm-hmm. This beautiful dress! I spent a thousand dollars on this." Oh, she told you? Yes. Which, first of all, like, note to note to the public: <laughs> please do not tell people what it costs for the dress you are wearing. It is an inappropriate thing to do and very tacky. Unless you say, I only paid $5 right. for it. Yeah. Now, exactly. Now, I'll tell you, I got this on sale. Yes. I, I ended up getting like 12 outfits for, for, for $1,000, you know? yeah. maybe. No, no maybe. Well, first of all, I'm not going to spend $100 an outfit. I, I don't I don't roll like that maybe. anymore. Yeah, absolutely. The Tista does not live like that anymore. I'm like going for outfits where I can spend like $30 an outfit. <laughs> you know, 30 is my max. So I want to know what does a banker feel about all of yeah. that? I'm sure I don't you think see a lot of interesting with, things. With, yeah, I mean, you know, we, banking has changed so much just um, since I've been in it. You know, we went from wearing suits, and I think it just depends on what bank you work at. But no, I don't I'm, think it's I'm a banker thing. I think it's just like a person thing. Your you know? clients coming oh, in. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, we I, see it all. But, and you that's know, totally it's, fine. it's interesting. <laughs> there are there are lots of different types of people out there because you have people that are so, you know, they pr- approach life with a clenched fist. And as long as you have a clenched fist, nothing gets in. Nothing can get in. That's right. But when you approach life with a, mm-hmm. an open hand, mm-hmm. then then you can can achieve abundance and and you can really enjoy the the mm-hmm. fruit of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's what that experience taught me. Mm-hmm. That as long as I was holding on to this mm-hmm. identity that uh, of you know, of being posh and exclusive Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these things. I would never have that. I would never, I would never have the rest Mm -hmm. and peace that I, that I have found Mm -hmm. by not wrapping myself in that, Mm -hmm. in, in materialism. Mm -hmm. Materialism did not produce that for me, Mm -hmm. but, but freeing myself of materialism has given me, I would I would say it's given me uh, clarity on what's in, what's truly important. So you know, I think one of the challenges as women, and especially as African American women, I was raised by a woman who uh, got her degree to teach mm-hmm. children. She got that English degree to teach children in Selma, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So when she moved to Chicago, her degree wasn't any good mm-hmm. because it was just for colored students. So she ended up doing day work. 
And my mother did not die doing day work. She actually died with a really good job because mm-hmm. she was a smart woman. But mm-hmm. she went from that to, uh, you know, from being a teacher to day work. And one of the things she taught me, she didn't teach me materialism, mm-hmm. not at all, because right. she was a very giving spirit. But she taught me that we had to be better. Mm-hmm. 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 Just to be seen as good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I learned that. Certainly. So yeah. I think, though, in our psyche and as women, because I don't know if you were taught that, Angie, but certainly we have this competitive nature mm-hmm. because of that we've got to be better mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to be conceived as good that I think helps breed that materialism Mm -hmm. that you know because how do you qualify that somebody is better they have better stuff Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) it's a a mindset it it, it is and it takes it it you have to then shift okay what does that being better really mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that i have to have i have to keep up with the joneses yeah. It means that I have to have integrity that's mm-hmm. on par. That's right. Work ethic. That's yeah. My work ethic work has to be mm-hmm. on that's par. Right. All yeah. of that. And I would say, though, um, just to extend off of that, that one of the things that, that I was always taught when I started my banking career early on was dress the part you want to be, not the part you yes. are. Mm-hmm. And and it does, if you are not careful, it, it does create the type, it, it does make you... Um, uh, it makes you want to go out and buy the most expensive part, right? Or the most expensive suit or the most expensive mm-hmm. purse. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is you don't – and this is one thing that I work with my daughter. She's 17 on right now. And, and I always tell her that whether we like it or not, it's first impression, yeah. right? Yeah, and so when I walked in the room, I hadn't met you before today, right? But I'm not wearing my typical suit that mm-hmm. I would normally wear. So that impression just as a – society mm-hmm. changes, right? Mm-hmm. For w- whether you're wearing a suit or you're wearing a, you know, a, a nice sundress mm-hmm. or pants mm-hmm. and a shirt, mm-hmm. it just changes the perception of how people see you until they get to know you. Right. And you said mm-hmm. that earlier, right? Yes. And so I always stress that that's with my daughter, you know, it's, it's an ethical thing. It's a, it's a work ethic, mm-hmm. but dress the part you want to be, not the part you are just yeah. because you work but in you retail don't doesn't mean you need to look to like you that. work in retail. Right. right? And people mm-hmm. will, there's a there's a level of respect that changes Absolutely. when they see you walk in in a nice outfit. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just no, well, I'm not saying you can't walk in in a nice outfit. I'm saying just don't, don't tell them how much it is. It. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. spend a fortune and on it. And that's the key to it. And you don't mm-hmm. have to wrap yourself up in whether or not you can mm-hmm. afford not to wear repeats. I I remember having <laughs> I remember having a hairstylist once who told me that she never wore she didn't do repeats, and I didn't know what she mm-hmm. meant. So I was like, "What are wow. you talking like, about? What does that mean?" I was like, "What so are you she talking does not about?" Wear so the she does same outfit twice. She doesn't wear the same outfit twice. I can't. Okay, so she that. would go, and and that's what I was saying to her. I was like, "Do you realize how much money you're spending? Even if you're buying inexpensive outfits, you are spending an extraordinary amount of money that every month. That's mind Just buying outfits." Wow. Yeah. You know, I guess you can do that when you're single. You don't have kids. You don't have any. I think other... even if you are but, single and don't have kids, I mean, unless to... you have this amazing job, but that's this great time <laughs> to save up money and save money. like set yourself in the down a certain trajectory. We financially. don't live in, in a society like that anymore. Mm-hmm. We live in a, a immediate it's gratification. It's, 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 yeah, world. and and we have to kind of move ourselves back Microwave. a little bit mm-hmm. because what do, what do we see? We saw ten thousand cars in the food bank line here. In, in San Antonio, and <laughs> some saving up might have mm-hmm. might help with that. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe us knowing some better um, some better financial choices. You know. Well, speaking of, does the Bank of San Antonio do you have financial literacy classes? Or? We do, we do. We actually work with that junior I achievement a lot literacy. with our financial Yay. literacy program. We actually we had something lined up this summer, but obviously that got canceled. <laughs> so, and I don't know what that looks like for next year. So, I'm interested to see, you know, how how junior achievement is going to change that. You know, when I was in um, education, I well, she didn't hear my story, but when I was in education, taught special ed, I was huge on that because um, there. Even kids coming out of high school today don't know how to budget. No, I mean, that's right. The, just they the don't. basic literacy, financial literacy college, is non-existent. Think, think about when you went off to college. When I went off to uh, 
Baylor, well, I knew how to budget because I'd lived on my own already for three mm-hmm. years before I started uh, university. But most of my counterparts, nobody knew how to balance a checkbook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, nobody and, and knew how to balance a checkbook. That's and that's going to college. Think about kids who yeah. are coming right out of high school and going into the workforce. Well, do they know? Tiffany, do they, they don't even know what a check is. Yeah. Now they, they don't, don't know even it, know what a check yeah. is. I mean, if mm-hmm. unless it's a debit card or a credit card or yeah. some type of cash app, but they, they can lose don't, track the don't of what, what they're doing financially yeah. with cash apps and credit cards Which is and why debit cards. Make so much money off of NSF fees. Oh, I believe they do. It's a because, whole different business because they're not. <laughs> they're not uh, the yeah. the people are people don't realize that. They're they're moving over the line and they have to balance their budget just like the nation does, just like the city does, just like every department at the mm -hmm. city, just like every everyone, every single household has to. Mm -hmm. There there are so many things our children aren't prepared for. You know, Mm -hmm. we've let as an I'm not going to not as a whole, but I think there are a lot of parents that have just left it up. (laughs) We've left it up up to the educational system to teach our children everything, right? How to change a tire, Mm -hmm. um, how to apply for for college, how to apply for scholarships. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's happening right now. As we have found out that they are overwhelmed because when I had to homeschool my kids, I've realized that I owe some fruit baskets and Mm -hmm. gift cards Mm -hmm. to the teachers. teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers should not be left on their own <laughs> with these kids <laughs> because it's just well, without not the right. resources. <laughs> yeah, to, without to yeah, have. because uh, when you look at at all, we've got a, a responsibility to mm-hmm. our kids and to mm-hmm. the teachers because absolutely this is hard well, stuff. Uh, you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer.